Matt Franco here. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. Dittleman, what's going on? You ready to rock today? Yeah, let's do this. I mean, it feels like it's been a while because we had a long week uh, between our recordings. Uh, but you were on vacation, and uh, I was here in New York. Yeah, you got to have a vacation. 11 months off is not enough. You got to take a little time <laughs> off in Florida. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into that, we have a correction right off the bat. We were. What did uh, I do? We were at mentioned, like right on our social media, Mind Magic Pod, uh, where you can at mention us and give us your corrections as well. But uh, uh, we had our, our listener, Sarah, had issues with your comments about the Super Bowl. Uh, okay. Because I, I, it was something to do with Brady's. Uh, yeah, you had we credits. had Brady as the top winning Super Bowl, more winning, winning more Super Bowls than any other franchise. But then you only mentioned this right under him was the the Patriots, but they're actually tied with the Steelers, and you didn't mention I the Steelers. Didn't at know all. that. Yeah. So they both have six wins. Steelers got to six wins way before the Pats had. Is uh, Sarah from Pittsburgh? I think she's a fan. I think she's mm-hmm. yeah. I think she knows both teams well because I know she she's uh from I I know her from Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, I, thank you, Sarah. I think I think regardless, the point was still there that it wasn't the Dolphins. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Qu- corrections are always welcome. Yeah. it keeps us more honest. I like it. And we don't know what we're talking about a lot of the time. So sure, yeah, you know, let us know. Let us know if there's things that are off base or whatnot. We're we're figuring all this out. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so how was your trip? How was Florida? You know what? It was fantastic. Very relaxing. Little bit of beach time. Did some reading. Had some good food. Wow. And it was great. It's like I w- didn't want to come back, basically. And, but I'm back. And I know you were in vacation mode because there are several times when I tried to like rope you into online things while you were on vacation. You were like, nah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You know, it was very different. Normally, if I'm to do a trip like that, I finish the show on stage, mm-hmm. go directly to the airport after the show, take a red eye, land in the morning, and it takes me like three days to adjust to being like in quote unquote vacation mode. Yeah. You ever have that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because you, you really got to like settle in to relax. Yeah. Totally non-existent because I came from an already relaxed <laughs> state of not working. <laughs> So I got to enjoy the full trip, which was really great. That's good. That's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, and, uh, you haven't flown during the pandemic. Is that right? No, I haven't. Anything coming up where you might have to? Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, there's a few uh, trips I have set up. I mean, it's all all pending still with uh, the you know things state of the world. But uh, the plan is sure. right now uh, f- to fly and fly safely uh, just for a couple of uh, work things. So that's exciting. Yeah, just about all the airlines now no longer leave middle seats open. Delta's the only one left that does, but that expires next month, too. That's my favorite. So they're they're packing the planes full. Oh, boy. So Mm -hmm. hopefully my points will still let me get upgraded, (laughs) you know, for those. For sure, for for sure. Yep. No, they will. But uh, the airports themselves, how are they? Coming back to Vegas from Fort Lauderdale was an absolute zoo. (laughs) Really? It was insane. It was like... 
I mean, it just, yeah, it was packed like sardines. It was, uh, looking around, it was like, I, you know how it's, they say it's like sort of a, a classic, every famous comedian sort of has like an airport bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear all the new airport bits <laughs> that are like specific to the pandemic, oh, not just geez. pandemic humor, not just airports, but like, I can't wait to hear a comedian's take on the, I, the ridiculousness of what, what it really felt like. It's really crazy. Cause it's almost like the airports and the airplanes get a free pass compared to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't understand it. I don't know either. And I, that's, you know, that's the one thing that's, uh, I'm worried about, you know, with the traveling, not so much the plane. Cause I understand like the air filtration and the, everyone's going to be masked and everything, but it's just like physically having people in the space prior to getting on the plane where it feels like anything can happen. Uh, that's, well, that's the part. So I'm going to try and find my own little social distance corner and, uh, hide there. <laughs> What do you call the uh, the thing that connects you from the airport to the plane when you're boarding? Like the uh, the walkway. The yeah, that like tunnel, that walkway yeah. tunnel. There was just a full line of people from the plane uh, to that. There was the, it was that backed up and so no social uh, distancing on the in the walkway down. And I can't imagine there's any filtration at all. Oh no. <laughs> but um, so it was it was tough, but. It was interesting. You hear a lot of things in in the news about Florida sort of having no rules, but it wasn't sort of, it still very much felt like I was in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of thought it was going to be the type of thing where like the pandemic doesn't exist in certain states. You know how people kind of say that in in the news and the media. But for example, there was a concert taking place outdoors. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was actually the Whalers. Oh, not the hockey team, the Whalers. Not no, nope. <laughs> okay. like like I guess it's family of Bob Marley, right? Oh sure, sure, sure. And but the way they had the audience set up, like, was socially distanced with like metal stanchions surrounding each pot of people. Which great that it's safe, but also just from like a live entertainment perspective, like depressing to see. Like mm, live yeah. entertainment, the state of it is so. It, it's sad for me to see. Yeah. Just coming from that world, I saw a picture. Maybe we can find this and share it on our social media here for the podcast but it was a a vegas lounge uh music performance and there was a sign in front of the stage and it said no standing or dancing a huge sign right in front of the (laughs) musicians performing it was actually a video and i was like oh it just feels so dirty yeah that feels like it's a just a sign out of the movie footloose are you familiar i I don't i don't understand where they banned dancing in the town I didn't know that. Yeah, Kevin Bacon it, movie. I know the song. Is yeah. that in the movie? Yes. Was but it for the movie? I believe it's synonymous with the movie. Yes. No, I didn't know if it was written yeah, for it. Yeah, I think that's it. So, so uh, that, yeah, that is depressing. Just to be like, no dancing, no fun. <laughs> like, right. Oh, that should be the sign, but uh, you know, safety. You know, that's the that's the key. But that's interesting. You. Uh, that's interesting that's happening in Florida, yeah, because I'm hearing the same things of like, you know, certain states don't have the pandemic and it's more of a free for all. But um, but you can't forget it. There are just signs everywhere. Not, I don't mean physical signs, but between between the masks, the distancing, mm-hmm. the way everything yeah. is, although it's the restrictions are, are a bit more lax in some places than other. It's still very much evident right. that things are not quite normal. Right. And there you have it. Yeah, we also had Valentine's Day, and you were worried about that happening while you're on vacation far away. How was your Valentine's Day? 
Well, we just, yeah, we didn't do a Valentine's Day exchange because of it, actually. Gotcha. Yeah. So I made a, a rose out of a napkin and oh, presented it. I think I did see that on social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was classic uh, magic per- trick. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> very good. But, yeah. It, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. How I, about you? What have you been up to this week? Oh, you know, just a whole lot of like nothing specific, <laughs> like a lot of just like getting some work done here and there, um, you know, streaming shows, a lot of, a lot of clubhouse stuff, which we'll get to in a moment, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just kind of just kind of hanging out and uh, just trying to get through this week. Again, it was a long week for me. We did uh, we did uh, the, the scam show. Uh, my friends, Harrison and Patrick do a, a, I think it's two, every two weeks now, uh, the Society of Conjurers and Magicians. And um, once once a month, it's a magic show that's online that you can check out. We've talked about it in the past. But uh, the other thing they're doing on the, on the off week of the magic show is just kind of a get-together, some sort of watch party. Uh, earlier, we talked about how in the past they watched, like, the, the Tiger King's magic performance. But uh, <laughs> I was the guest... And got to do commentary for the uh, the animated show Father of the Pride. Do you know the show? O- only because you've mentioned to me. Yeah. So this was a animated show star about Siegfried and Roy, but not them, but like the animals they own. Uh, and like it's voiced by John Goodman is the the main character, and Cheryl Hines from you know from Curb. And mm-hmm. uh, just so call Reiner's in it. <laughs> There's what year did this come out? Oh, this early I don't know, 2000s, somewhere okay. maybe a little later than that. Yeah, somewhere in that decade, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. it was short lived. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just so funny to talk of uh, to watch the show and comment on it because it's like the DreamWorks movies that come out, so it's got that style to it Mm -hmm. except it's definitely seems like it was for like an adult audience and like some of the jokes i mean and going back and watching anything like this now is just kind of cringy with some of the stuff that they say and do and you know (laughs) uh the things that were acceptable then are no longer acceptable but uh that that was just a lot of um a lot of fun so um uh you can check that out we'll put a link in if you want to rewatch that as well so that was about it. I also did a, a virtual escape room competition. So you know how did you I win? Uh, we got close. We got very close. My team, we uh, jumped in. This is a company. We actually did a bunch of uh, virtual uh, or not uh, physical escape rooms with in New York. So we and we've actually consulted on one of the rooms for this company. But they uh, have made the shift to virtual as well. And we hadn't done any of their virtual escape rooms yet, but they decided to do a competition. So there was about, I don't know, it felt like there's like maybe like 30 or so teams who mm-hmm. uh, competed against each other. And you had to go through and it was all web based and you kind of click through the puzzles. We all got started and you had to like every time you solve the puzzle, you type in the code to get to the next room and the whole story. So we finished and we went back into the the Zoom room where all the other teams were and there was other teams already there. And we thought we did really well and we we're like, ah, oh, there was a couple of teams that beat us. Uh, but we did it. It was supposed to take like about an hour or more. And we did it in 34 minutes. 
which is not bad. But right. The, no, but, it sounds like an achievement. But the winning team was like 30 minutes. So we like missed oh, it so just close. by a little. <laughs> What's yeah. happened to our lives, by the way? I'm sitting around in Florida. You're doing virtual escape rooms now and watching Father of the Pride. <laughs> yep. That's What's our, going on? What happened to us? That is our life. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, it seemed like we were doing something else before. Yeah, yeah. What is this podcast called? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Mind over magic. I don't even know what either of those words mean anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just find things to do on the computer. Is that yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. How do we? How do we stare at a glowing rectangle? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least with clubhouse you don't even have to look at the rectangle it's just there in the background yeah yeah well that, that, i've been on a lot of clubhouse i am addicted i've had to limit myself i uh, see you i see you on there i'm sure you see me on there I too because you, you can there. see when you have you know people you follow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are online and it's like very oddly specific about it it'll be like eric was here two minutes ago i know, you know? and you see what rooms they're in and for those of you again if, uh, who are just tuning in who don't know clubhouse if you haven't seen this phenomenon i think again it's only on iphone now but they are going to expand but it's like an audio conference app where but it's not like a, just a conference call some people treat it like that but there's so many different rooms where you could like jump in and just chat with people and some are interview styles some are just like games or bit shows or just anything and it's all you don't have to worry about being on video but <laughs> it's it's really cool i i uh, before we dive into it, I just want to tease really quick. We do have an exciting episode. Uh, we've got a great mailbag segment coming because you have some mail that mm-hmm. we're going to read through that yeah. neither of us really know what it says. Right. Yeah. And uh, also real updates on what's going on pandemic wise and with the return of live entertainment in Vegas. Oh, we'll get yeah. to that a little bit later, too. So. Definitely. Look at you teasing segments. That's that, that's fun. Get- Reel them in, Matt. Reel them in. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a fisherman. Um, Reeling it in. Let's go. But in the meantime, <laughs> sign up for Clubhouse. It's pretty cool. I know. You can connect and chat with us when we're on. That's uh, It's amazing. So I, I have realized the downside, though. One is the addiction of it. So it's just like you can have it on the background. And then it's like listening to a podcast, but then you can like chime in. That's it's how in I kind real of time, it. and you yeah. can chime in. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like completely shot from the hip yeah. from most of the rooms I've been in, which and, I like. But And people are, yeah, very authentic and like literally you can just talk about anything. But so I use it for fun and, uh, you know, those and to connect with people. And there's like a big magic community and there's like talks about magic all the time or just connecting with, you know, people that we respect and uh, meeting new magicians and other people but i'm also using it for like networking for my business as well like you could use it in both capacities so one of the ways i was doing that is um you know i jump into these virtual event planner oh cool right and uh, usually i'm just listening and i'll only like raise my hand to speak and, and chime in if i have something of value of things i've learned through my virtual shows um, so I was doing that and like giving some event planners some ideas about interactivity and to keep people engaged on their end because they're they're all figuring it out too. But of mm-hmm. course, that's smart. You know, my secret motivation is also you know they're obviously going to check me out and what I do. So if like they happen to come across a need for a mind reader or whatever to to for their virtual events, you know, hopefully I'll be on that list you know so i'm i'm not doing it for that reason it's an added benefit because i am only speaking if i can add value to it but because of the way clubhouse works is people see what rooms you're in 
So as soon as I entered this room, oh no, it was just suddenly filled with magicians. Yeah, it was like 25 <laughs> magicians in there and three event planners now. Yeah, so then the room <laughs> became a magic room. That is actually hilarious. Yeah. So then but like some were chill and some were my friends that like, you know, were just like quietly listening and that was of fine. Course. But there was a few that wanted to jump in and like saw that I was talking to these event planners and be like, by the way, I also do something in the magic field. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> some were res- very respectful and like, you know, made a joke. But I had to like apologize a little bit, be like, yeah, all these magicians and, and mind readers came in probably because they saw I was a dealer. <laughs> so, but it was nice I'll- meeting you all. <laughs> This is this is tangentially related. I'll tell you my pet peeve that I've seen happening on Clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, I was in a music room, and it was moderated by our friend Ari, mm-hmm. who we know from Deggy and yeah. Mecca, and, and my road manager, Stuart, mm-hmm. our friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sort of moderating different questions in the concert industry and just live entertainment industry overall, talking about that stuff. And they were bringing in people that had their hand raised to – come in and ask a question and i can't tell you how many times and this was a fairly popular room i don't remember how many people but it it might have been a couple hundred or something yeah i love the small rooms by the way right when it's like 15 people get to talk to people yeah. yeah yeah you can really have a conversation and it's mm-hmm. pretty neat but anyway this was a bigger room some are obviously much bigger than that even uh, but anyway so many people came on pretending to ask a question but it was just a blatant plug now as i'm saying this it sounds like i'm talking about what you were doing but that's really not what i'm saying (laughs) no and and that's why i wanted to specify too with what i was doing is i wasn't doing it just to pitch my show to them i was only speaking because i thought i could add value to their conversation that was already happening which is i think a business strategy you should be doing is like if you're adding value they're gonna want to learn more about you and it's not a just a blatant plug yeah oh my god it was so (laughs) bad it was just like all right uh joey what would you like to ask oh hey everybody um joey follow me right here on clubhouse my instagram is (laughs) joey123rockhouse.com uh i don't that's definitely not an instagram handle by the way because instagram handles don't have dot com but i said it uh and then he'll (laughs) just be like and i design backdrops for different uh virtual things and so if you need a backdrop you can visit my website and it's like did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, just wanted to know if anyone was interested in these backdrops. Like, I was like, really? This has nothing to do with what anybody's talking yeah. about. And then after that one person, would other people would continue to do the same thing. Very right. strange. Yeah. Like, they go into a room that seems like it has a lot of people in it and then just raise their hand and plug their business. Well, Very strange. I, I think it's because there are certain rooms that that is the goal. Like, it, they're like, pitch your show, pitch your business, pitch your podcast, whatever. Or there's the... Yeah. You know, let's gain as many followers as we can by all following each other, you know, and the, right, there's, there's right, rooms designed right. for that. But I think, you know, the real, I think, core, or the soul of this app is to network in an authentic way where you're actually just like meeting and talking with people like you would do at a like a convention or anything like that. Um, and, and that's why I think that that's just a, a networking lesson that I've learned is like the people are going to know or think of you when the time comes, if they're already, you know, adding, like I said, that value add, or just like think of you as a friend or, you know, just get to know people first. And it's not always about the hard sell and the pitch because that can backfire too. Do you know who Dead Mouse is? 
Yes, the uh, the DJ with the the glowing helmet. I think he spends about twenty four hours a day on Clubhouse. <laughs> I went into a couple of his rooms though. Mm-hmm. Smart guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you got to be when you're at that level of success. You got you got there for a reason. Hearing him talk about like how involved he is and everything from his branding to his merchandise to how IP works, intellectual property works in the music industry, which is like now changing so much with the streaming services and um, what's the like, Patreon accounts and Twitch and who owns what when you post it online. I mean, hearing him talk about that stuff was like really insightful and pretty yeah. cool. Wow, that, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I suggest following Dead Mouse on Clubhouse. I think you uh, you'd, you'd find interest in some of his conversations there. De- Dead Mouse Clubhouse does it rhyme for yeah? <laughs> intentionally, <laughs> is it pronounced Dead Mouse right? Because people yeah. on there were calling him Dead Mao. No, uh, I think because the S is a five, so I think people who maybe weren't familiar that's funny were calling <laughs> him Dead Mao. But like when I was on there, literally every person called him that, and I'm like. Oh, maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Again, yeah. if you have a correction, feel free yeah. <laughs> to, to tweet at us. Look at you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, the other interesting thing that happened on that app uh, was I was in a room with friends just hanging out, and then it kind of got overtaken by uh, someone who decided to do card readings for everyone. Like uh, tarot cards? Not even tarot card, playing card readings. Oh so boy. there's a whole genre of that reading stuff, and it kind of like took over the room and killed the the jovial vibe we were all doing because everyone just like was kind of wanted their reading. So I knew I had to. I was moderating, and it was like it was a dear friend of mine's room, so I was like trying to get things back on trap. So track. So I tried for the first time. I did a mentalism piece on. <laughs> clubhouse literally was going to be my next question was <laughs> a have you performed and b are you aware that other people have done it i know other people have been doing it yeah and i've chatted with a few but i i threw out just one quick thing and the goal was not necessarily you know I, the reaction was fine it could have probably been better again it was my first time doing it uh but basically i I, uh, since she had cards, I was like, well, let's use your cards for something. And I was able to tell her the card that she ended up selecting uh, oh, cool. and it was a cool reaction. But the, the main goal was it kind of ended that segment of the room and we moved on. And so that was the real effect <laughs> that I was trying to accomplish. Nice. <laughs> Dual reality, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So after that little experience, my whole idea of like, should I do a whole show on Clubhouse? Uh, I think that's on a far, far back burner now. <laughs> now that I've done done a little taste and see what it's like. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I love that. I love particularly the inner beauty and the outer beauty of what you did. The outer beauty <laughs> being the effect. Yeah, guessing the right card. The inner beauty being what really happened. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But man, let's talk about Vegas. What's going on, in Vegas? Oh uh, well, uh, Governor came on. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe two days into my Florida trip, of course, <laughs> just <laughs> just to make me sweat a little bit. Um, yeah, we're going back up to crowds of a larger size. So right now the limit is fifty. Yeah, and it's going back up to two fifty again, uh, March fifteenth. Wow. wow. So we're starting to see some shows announcing returns. So 
I know David Copperfield and, and Carrot Top. I think they were kind of the first two uh, big shows, head, headliners, to announce uh, coming, you know, reopening shows. Uh, since, since the last I, headliners. You know, I know there was a couple shows that were going on prior to that, right? Um, Yeah, but not nothing yeah. over 50 people, you right, know? Right. So just smaller scale productions, whereas those are larger scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So it's, yeah, it'll it's be funny uh, that you I, say Carrot Top's a larger scale, but it's is it, it not? Really, it is. I mean, he's got a lot of trunks of props. <laughs> yeah, but even production wise, yeah, with the production, lighting and yeah. the special and the, effects and the video, I kind of I would consider that a full scale yeah. production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? when when we saw his show, like we were amazed by his cue guy just doing all I the know. music drops and everything, and how that timed. Um, unreal. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Amazing sound guy. Really had his finger on the button. The timing, it was like, it was like Carrot Top was, you know, it was like a duo. The yeah. sound guy was the other half. It was like one was Teller and one was Penn. It was yeah. like yeah, so much audio-related comedy that was reliant on it being exactly the right timing. And yeah. it's an amazing show. See Carrot Top for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're working now. I know it feels like deja vu, but we're working now to... We have not announced an opening date yet, but we're working towards that and figuring out how much planning and time we need to be able to do that and get there. And that's kind of what my life is going to be uh, for the foreseeable future until we're open. Now, when they made the announcement while you were on vacation, were you sweating a little bit because were you were you worried it was going to be an emergency call for entertainers to f- rush back to Vegas to open their shows immediately? <laughs> Like you're like I just started my vacation and the, gov- the governor's calling me back. <laughs> I, I honestly I predicted it. I, I predicted that it look as soon as I land, the governor's coming on to to say something and, yeah. and it happened. So there yeah. you go. That's really cool. That's but really yeah, cool. the re- it's funny. I, I it is deja vu though because you're right. I didn't mean to uh, dispute it. You're right. The shows did open previously when the mm-hmm. when it was two fifty before. Yeah. Then it all closed down again. Yeah. So now you, I hope this is the last time, but we just don't know. There's so much unknown. So it's a little nerve wracking to be frank with you. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to try and figure out what's happening and uh, do it safely and reassess. And, you know, at least yeah. you're going to have other models of other people that are going to be opening the show <laughs> first, perhaps, and seeing what, yeah, probably. What, uh, yeah. what they're doing as well. So, yeah, we're looking into the, all the testing procedures and, um, for for our our teams and everything that are going to be there working and temperature checks for audience members and all that stuff all that's uh, important so great we'll see how th- how things progress as the vaccine rollout continues good luck man let me know let us know keep us posted no definitely will definitely will how's the uh, the mailbag looking this week yeah you want to dive into a mailbag. I think so. All right. Uh, we need a jingle, I think. We might have to call my brother to do a mailbag jingle. Uh, yeah. But um, let's see. We got some uh, – I got a physical piece of mail from uh, our friend Bruce, who writes into the show and also wrote us some emails. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, he, he sent me something. He goes, hey, I think you would like this. And he sent me – he didn't know how to uh, – like email it to me so i got a thumb drive and i have not yet watched it because i'm a little uh worried about re-watching it but i'll have to do that eventually uh but this is from a performance of mine from when i was uh with bruce i don't it doesn't have the date on it 
But uh, this is a the, he sent me the program as well, and I'll take a photo and I'll put it on our Instagram for a show I did part of the the local magic club when I was living up in the Syracuse area. This is this is magic was a show that I was on a two p.m. gala at the Smith Opera House in Geneva, New York. Nice, and uh, you know. There, there I am, uh, listed right after intermission in my performance with a couple other magicians, and it's got <laughs> a very old photo of me <laughs> and a bio. Nice, <laughs> nice. I recognize what shoot that's from. Oh, geez, that was so long <laughs> ago, and I have like my hand on my chin, like pondering, like. Hmm. <laughs> I like the sideburns in the photo. I mean, I still have the sideburns, man. I don't know. It looks like they were going down a little further back then. <laughs> Am I right? No. Or is it a shadow? It's a shadow. That's the okay. same. But uh, Eric Delomain is one of Central New York's top up-and-coming performers. Eric started performing magic in his hometown of Westboro, Massachusetts at an early age. While attending Ithaca College, he continued to refine his skills and has performed at several colleges and events all around Central New York. His passion for his art has taken him to Las Vegas, where he studied with some of the best magicians and mind readers in the field, focusing on the illusion of mind reading and influence. Eric's unique blend of mind entertainment and comedy will leave you amazed, amused, and convinced that he knows what you're thinking. Look at that bio. I like it. (laughs) So this is the video, and I'm just like one of those people that, uh, you know, I'm worried about cringing watching like old performances and totally. Uh, <laughs> and I just remember the things I remember about the show without um, looking at it was it was a family audience with a lot of lot of kids. Ah, uh, it's tough, right? And especially with uh, mentalism too, which is sometimes referred to as like the adult form of magic because it's not as visually flashy as some magic can be. It really need you to concentrate to understand what effect is happening and mm-hmm. i remember just kind of like starting after intermission and like looking for all the adults in the audience to see who i can use and be like this one's for your parents kids like you know but i ended yeah. up using some kids uh like real little kids i remember and i think this is the show where during my blindfold routine i'm duct tape shut and the kid is drawing a drawing and it's held over my head and i'm just like all I'm getting are like scribbles. <laughs> Is that the drawing? And they're like, yeah, amazing. Cause the kid just scribbled on the page. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I'll have to, I'll have to check my memory against the actual footage to see if that is accurate or not. But that's how I remember that show. <laughs> so when you said this is the video, you were holding, just to clarify for people listening, yeah. you're holding up a USB and that's yeah. what Bruce actually sent you of, yeah. of the performance and the program. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So it's got, this has got to be around like 2008, 2009, maybe. So this sounds like a future scam maybe? episode. It sounds like a future scam episode as we watch Eric Dittleman in 2009 (laughs) performing the blindfold test for kids. I am pretty sure this USB is not going to see the light of day. So, Bruce, if you're listening, uh, destroy your copy as well (laughs) so it doesn't get out there. No, I don't know. Or at least post it as an unlisted link on YouTube, Bruce, and send it to me, please. (laughs) So thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that uh, that blast to the past. Uh, So uh, that was exciting to get. So thank you for that mail. Now this is pretty much a Bruce episode. I don't I don't know what they say, but we have a couple messages from Bruce. Yeah, I got some emails. I got well, let's go to the, we got our one from our friend Rob uh who sent okay. us a Valentine where he took 
Uh, if you saw my social medias in the past, I, I think I, I don't think I re- reposted them this year, but I made Diddleman Valentines just as like little gags, like I know who's on your mind, and they're all like kind of mentalismy themed. So Rob just took one and photoshopped uh, one of my Valentines and uh, said to Eric and Matt from Rob and photoshopped the logo of our uh, of our podcast onto a little pad I'm holding in the photo. So thanks, that, Rob, for the Valentine. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> that's like the most Valentine's Day type thing that's happened to me this yeah. year since since Valentine's Day got canceled this year for me. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, I got so we got an email from Bruce. Um, let's see. Uh, this is. Well, a- I just want to say because people are probably very concerned. We did not forget about the riddle and the trivia. We're just pushing it a little bit because we have the time. We're gonna dive into the bag. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna share this story. I have not read it, so I hope there's nothing embarrassing or Bruce doesn't know. I think that's just the mailbag segment now. Is we're gonna like read emails. So just assume. If uh, you're emailing us, we'll probably read it. But I quit think stalling. Is- I can feel you trying to scan through it right now yeah, to I am see if there's anything through. you want to leave out. I want to hear the full raw email. Let's go. So this is in relation to our last episode when you were on the talk show with Denzel Washington and did not know who he was. So this sparked a memory from Bruce's past. Uh, okay. In 1978, visiting my parents in Illinois, I heard that Blackstone Jr. was performing in Chicago. So of course I went. Being a brash, overconfident 22-year-old, I sent my business card backstage thinking a fellow magician is in the audience. Or, uh, yeah, like he'd be impressed, asking if it were possible to meet him after the show. A little while later, a nice older gentleman invited me to join him at his table. The gentleman mentioned his name, and I told him mine. He seemed to know a bit about magic, so we had a pleasant conversation and watched the show together. Afterwards, Blackstone did come out to see me, and he joined us at the table. The older man and Blackstone seemed to know each other, which surprised me. It wasn't till sometime later that I found out this nice older fellow, this older gentleman, Werner Dorney Dornfield, uh, Dornfeld, was a pretty famous magician in sh- the Chicago scene. To be fair, I've always been a stage platform performer and never had much interest in close-up and no knowledge of the Chicago scene, but I had spent an evening talking with Dorney and had no idea who he was. Does that come close to your Denzel story, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's tangentially related. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Dorney is the name? Yeah. Dorney. I, didn't, I haven't heard of this person either, but uh, Werner Dorney Dornfeld. And what year is this whole story taking place in? Do we know? 1978. Wow. So that's a cool story. I mean, it's very similar to like you were saying where you you put a note to try and meet Lance and all these yes. people backstage. And uh, hey, I guess that strategy works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dorney. I, that's interesting. I don't really recognize the name, but he must have been kind of part of that Marlowe crew if he was a close-up guy from Chicago. Yeah, uh, uh, the Chicago scene's fascinating. Do you know anything about the Chicago close-up magic scene back in like the sixties and seventies and eighties? I just know it is uh, prestigious. That's a lot of magic bars and yeah. stuff. Heba uh, Haba Al, and I always I always find it fascinating to find like footage of performers that were working the bar scene in Chicago during that time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But wow, well, yeah. Thanks for sharing the story. Yeah, that is a uh, great Bruce. story. That is very good. We got another one from Bruce, but uh, let's let's save it for uh, for next time, uh, and we'll read uh, more. But if you want to email us as well, 
Uh, you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Look who's doing the tease now. Save it for next time. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. All right. And because uh, that goes into our conversation we had last week about fame and success, but it's definitely a conversation we're going to be revisiting because it's kind of been on our minds as well. So, uh, but if you want to chime into the conversation, you know, shoot us an email, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But, Matt, do you know what time it is now? Riddle time. Time for our riddle. Diddle me this. Diddle me this. Diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. All right, Matt. This is another short and sweet one. Um, again, I hope you haven't heard this. The more I dry, the wetter I get. What am I? The more I dry, the wetter I get. The more I dry, the wetter I get. The what am I? The more I dry, the wetter I get. Yes. The more I dry, dry. Do you have any guesses? What's the thought process here? I should uh, mention, in case your mind is going into the gutter, this is a PG riddle. Okay. <laughs> Not G? It's G, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, as of right now, I'm just hitting a brick wall. Now I know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, just nothing, huh? The more I dry, well, I think hair dryer. I think sure. like a, a washer dryer. I thought of like a sponge for some reason that crossed my mind, but that doesn't fit. The more... Oh, the more huh. I dry. So dry could be like. Tack it out. Tack it out. I think you're getting there. Dry doesn't necessarily mean the verb of like something drying, like a, a wet towel becoming dry. You can also dry something. You can say the more I dry, but I don't think that's the direction of this. Hmm. The more I dry, the wetter I get. It's not dried fruit, because that just stays dry. <laughs> what? Ah, the more I dry. I'll tell you I don't what. Know. You you you've actually weirdly circled around, if not already said the answer. I did. But it's just contextualizing it. Yeah. So. Wait, 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 I, I, wait. It's, it's towel? It's what? a towel. <laughs> what? So you were thinking of the towel itself getting dry. Yeah. But what is the towel, who, what is the towel drying? So it's a person drying with a towel? Yeah. So exactly. it was the direction. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so wow. the more a towel dries you, the wetter the towel gets. Because the gotcha. water is transferring from you to the towel. Got it. Got That's it. the riddle. I got it. Good job. It. All right, Thanks. let's jump into this. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. It's trivia time. I love this trivia question so much. All right, shoot, shoot it. It's, it's fun. In terms of time... What is the longest recorded flight of a chicken? 
they're not known to be flying animals. I mean, they do fly, and I think I've seen like them like maybe lift off a little bit and then scamper back to the ground. Um, you tell me if you want choices. Oh, I'm gonna need choices. <laughs> okay, but I do think it's surprisingly like a long time. I'm also thinking about the Zelda games when like Link picks up a chicken and like uses it to fly across the level sometimes. But, Not uh, getting the reference, but I assume some yeah, of our listeners yeah. have. <laughs> uh, give me the choices on this. I have no idea. A, mm-hmm. three minutes and eight seconds. Oh, now that's longer than you would think. Would you assume the next choice is going to be higher or lower? <laughs> Just higher, out of curiosity. Higher, higher. B, one minute and five seconds. Ooh. C, 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. That seems D, too short. D, too short to be considered a quote-unquote flight. Whoa. Now we're in the definition of what a flight is. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so again, I don't think it's... A, or I don't think it's D because you asked how long the flight was, so I'm assuming it did count as a flight. So <laughs> <laughs> C sounds like it's too short. Like that's what I would have like initially thought. Like 13 seconds is enough for a chicken to get up and like fly a little bit, but that's like one. I'm not gonna count it out, but like it's count still it out a decent if you want. amount. That's 13 seconds of this podcast. No, um, that would be. Oh, it does feel like longer than I would expect a chicken to fly. But I think there's probably some super chicken that even took it further. Uh, so I'm going to go be one minute and five seconds. No. <laughs> 13. 13. So my initial instinct <laughs> was correct. <laughs> uh, so I made up the question based on the fact. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That's great. Who yep. knew chickens could only... I mean, I don't picture them as soaring animals. <laughs> like, but, I mean, I do think that the, the choice is complicated because when you start at three minutes and eight seconds, you know there's a really thing about long. this and thinking yeah. fast and slow. If you anchor somebody mm-hmm. by giving them an option, it, it you don't realize it, but it affects your answer. It's proven. It's a scientific thing. It's, it's a psychological thing. Uh, Absolutely. If you say, is it more or less than... Three minutes on average, people will guess a higher number than if you had said, "Is it more or less than thirteen seconds?" It will have an influence on the guess. Interesting, I, right? I I love all those psychological studies about anchoring and so forth. There's two that come to mind. Um, I might have the facts wrong because uh, it's just not in front of me here. But there's there's supposedly a study where um, uh, people came up on an elevator and then took a test, like a word search test kind of thing. Um, I'm mixing them up, actually. <laughs> there's, there's, okay. I'm conflating two. One is a word search test. They would take the word search test, and then they would have to walk down a hallway and give the test to the moderator or whatever. And the the, the different groups, some got words that were, like, slow-themed and, like, you know, yes. around that. And they would circle that those words, and some were a little bit faster or normal words as a, as a, as a base. Uh, and then the people who circled the slower themed words would actually walk down the hallway slower. That's where the experiment really happened. And the scientists were or psychologists were uh, studying that. 
So they, unbeknownst to them, that they were affected by those anchoring words. Uh, there's a similar one where, you know, supposedly holding a hot cup of coffee, you know, on an elevator trip up to take a test influenced the, the words that they found in a generic word search. Then they tended to, like, find, like, hot words, hot related words or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But the other one I was thinking of was uh, Dan Ariely's books, who I love, um, Upside of Irrationality and Predictably Irrational. It's in one of those two where he talks about this anchoring effect when you're given three choices. Uh, say you have like A, B, and C. Or say you have two, right? He does it with pricing in like The Economist or he uh, equates this to the uh, the housing market as well. I'm trying to explain this <laughs> as concisely as no, possible without going it's, it's in. It's interesting. But it's... um. It's uh, say you had like a like a middle price and then like a lower price and they were like equal options ish towards mm -hmm. each other. Uh, but you want to get more people towards that higher price. Uh, you can add a third price that is close to the higher price, but like only slightly more. Mm -hmm. So now they're looking at three things. So it's like price A is this top end price. Price B is just slightly lower than that. And price C is like a real low ball but because those top two prices are closely related they're easily to be compared to each other so more people will see the high price but then be like well this is just like a little cheaper than that so that's a good deal and they'll go with that uh that option more than the lower price which is just like so far away that they can't even compare the two so it has to do with different options and everything like that a better way to look at it is like the the townhouse example he gives where you have like say a colonial and a split level house and they're both equally great. They're both really good houses. And if you were to just randomly pick the bell curve between the two would be fairly you know, even. However, if you wanted to sway their influence, throw in a third house, like another colonial, that's like a little bit beaten down, a little less desirable. But now because you have, you're comparing apples to apples in that situation <laughs> because there's a direct comparison. They're going to go with the better deal and go with the nicer colonial house rather than even look at the split level. Yeah. But then yeah. he switched it and he took a colonial split level and made like a, like a worse uh, split level. And then that shifted people's preference towards the nicer split level because again, there's that direct comparison. That's wild. What is the author's name again? Dan Ariely. He's a behavioral economist. Uh, I think, he, is he still at Duke? I know he's taught at MIT and so forth, but he, he's one of my favorite like books uh, and authors to read. And Yeah, I'd definitely yeah. be interested in, in checking that out. And he just talks about all these decisions we make and why, you know, we're making irrational choices in everyday life when like science and, uh, you know, the economists would rule that we should probably take the opposite. It's really, really fascinating stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love so, that. You, uh, I don't, I'm jumping back for a second, but I saw you, you, I, I gave you a recommendation. Is this related or no? <laughs> um, related to books. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'll tell you what it is though. I, I, I watched a TV show on the airplane last night. Oh, what did you watch? Ted Lasso. Oh, yes. Good. 10 good, episodes. Good. Did you watch it all? All 10. That's so good. I Can't love that. Can't thank show. you enough. Wow. <laughs> what a show. It's so good. I'm so they're already filming season 2 or like Oh, the, it's a sports comedy with heart. I mean, come on. It's unbelievable. I love Jake, Jason Sudeikis. I mean, it's, it's what yeah. a great 
what a great show that was. I'm so glad you told me about it. If you're on the Apple TV Plus, check that one out. It's my highest recommendation. It's one of those. You loved good. it, huh? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you binge it too, kind of? I think I watched it in like two days. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I, I mean, no spoilers here, but can we? I don't know. I got to jump in a little bit. Tell I, me tell me what you liked about it. Um, I mean, so his character. So I found this out recently that this came from a commercial. He made that character for a commercial and they spun it into a full uh, TV show. But it's basically a, uh, a, a football coach who goes over to the UK and doesn't know anything about soccer. And he has to like lead a bunch of like professional soccer players uh, and uh, get them to work as a team. And you get all the different uh sports tropes of like the young hothead and like the old grizzled veteran and then like just <laughs> when danny rojos comes in he's just like super excited and uh is so talented and energetic and he's trying to corral all these like uh personalities but he's doing it with um with positivity and heart, and it's like really touching the show. Oh my God! His <laughs> his his optimism, Ted Lasso's optimism, Jason Sudeikis's character's optimism is infectious. It just yeah. it's inspiring. His the character, the fictional character, is like a pretty amazing person, and you're just rooting for him 110 percent the whole time. So good, so yeah. good. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that in there because I saw recommendations. But now you get another recommendation. You got the Dan Ariely books. So you can yes. throw that in after your thinking I, fast I, and stuff. I, I so. don't know what that last name is. You're saying Dan Ariely? Ariely. Like uh, Ariel, Ariel the the um, Little Mermaid with a Y at the end. A-R-I-E-L-Y. And the Little Mermaid is an animated movie? <laughs> oh, jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're just kidding or not now. <laughs> I, I have not seen it, but I do know the famous um, song from it. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? I know the song. Yeah, that, I think that's the title of it, too. I think you nailed it. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Part of that world? I think that's the name of it, yeah. Okay. We need to. That's funny because I think uh, we we need to help for the things you've seen. Uh, some memory stuff. Have you have you done any memory practice or are you familiar with any of that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I figure since we're talking about like psychology and brain stuff, like yeah, um, this is this is something I recently got back into. I've been working on my own memory training uh, using mnemonics, and there's lots of skills, and I'm sure this will be a recurring theme throughout uh, but um i basically uh started getting interested in it after reading another book uh, um uh, moonwalking with einstein by joshua four where he talks about uh going through a memory competition and uh you know he goes through the training and uh the, these memory competitions happen all over the the, the i guess the country and the world and you basically just there's categories of like looking at playing cards and memorizing the stack and having to recall them back. And then like looking at a string of numbers and having to call them back. And then the hardest for me, I think is the, the you get a bunch of people's faces and names and then you ha you get the photos back and you have to remember all the names, which are like practical things to learn in real life. Um, but you know, under the pressure of a time constraint and, as soon as you're done looking at them, having like a, you have to have a, like a little resting period before you like start reciting them back. So there's all this stuff, uh, and there's strategies from legendary Harry Lorraine, who famously would go through his audiences and call out every single person's name uh, that he met prior to the show, 
and he talks about it in his book how you know being on the road and doing multiple shows or lectures or talks day after day after day like sometimes at the end of a long week he'd be like well, let's hope for a small audience <laughs> yeah right <laughs> But um, but I'm using a lot of this memory training stuff as well because uh, it just goes into my mentalism interests. And uh, I've been repracticing my uh, my numbers 00 to 99. Um, I'm using a system called the Dominic system, person action, action object, where essentially every two-digit number has a person associated with them. So, for example, um, 64 in my system is Paul McCartney because of the song When I'm 64. So every mm -hmm. time that number comes up, I think of Paul McCartney. Now, he's also got an action and an object associated with him, too. So I picture him playing his bass, his specific bass. Yep. And um, also the mop tops, you know, from early Beatles. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so now you take, uh, uh, say you have a string of six numbers. That breaks down into three two-digit numbers each. So say it's 64, zero, zero, and then I'll do mm, 28. Oh, one. I'm trying okay. to pick up examples I can use because some okay. of the examples are very personal to you. Okay. Oh, and right, because you make it up. Yeah. You make up your system that it's for you. So um, I'll say 640001 because 00 in my system is Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> um, and, mm -hmm. and 01 is uh, George Washington. So my person for Ozzy, Ozzy is uh, his action is eat <laughs> funny Corona wise. He's uh, eating the head off a bat <laughs> from his famous, you know, mm -hmm. isn't it? And then like the 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 object is the bat itself, uh, and plus his like little round glasses. I can choose either of those. And then oh one for me is uh, George Washington. So I picture him um, chopping down a cherry tree uh, mm -hmm. from that famous legend. So basically, when you have the string of numbers like that, 6-4, you look at the person for the first one, the action for the second one, and the um, object for the third one. So in this case, 6-4 is Paul McCartney, 0-0 zero, zero is Ozzy Osbourne, so I'd look at his action, which is uh, eating the head off a bat, mm -hmm. and then 0-1 is uh, the cherry tree. So he's really eating the head off a cherry tree. <laughs> so right. you picture Paul McCartney eating the head off a cherry tree, and then you put him into memory a memory palace in your mind, and we'll get into that probably another time. But uh, yeah, you know, that's that's where the, the the origins of mnemonics supposedly come from is the memory palace idea of recreating mm -hmm. your steps through a through a location you're familiar with. Um, but he would be that image and it being so vivid and strange. It, that's the goal because you'll never, yep. you know, forget that the instant flash of that comes to mind. So now it's just about retranslating that when you're recalling it. You go, oh, Paul McCartney, that's 64 eating a head off of something. That's zero zero. Oh, cherry mm -hmm. tree. That's oh one. And then you're you're instantly recalling that. So I'm getting deep back into memory work right now just to refresh my uh, my system. That is deep. I do have a list as well up to 20. So yours is five times the length. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's pretty deep, you know, comparatively. Mm -hmm. Do any of these memory techniques claim to help long-term memory? Because that to me, that strikes to me like short-term. Yes and no. Um, you can, the more obviously you revisit something, the, the more you're going to remember it. So mm -hmm. if you're constantly like an... To, to get that initial memory, yeah, you're using these systems, but then when you're revisiting them, 
you're actually learning the 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 information over and over again. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, if that was a phone number I needed to a, a random six digit number I needed to know, you know, I would just every time I would link that to whatever I needed it for. Uh, say it was you know a house address i would picture mm-hmm. the house with paul mccartney eating the head off a cherry tree and every uh-huh. time i saw that house that would image would come up and eventually i wouldn't have to decode it anymore because then eventually it would just be second nature you know to just associate the two so your advice on long term is is repetition over time yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah but yeah it's interesting stuff I, and again, I'm 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 learning, and I'm just like trying to train myself, and uh, you know, have different learning systems on how to do so. But uh, eventually, you know, I I got a system for playing cards. I got a review, um, and uh, we'll we'll probably at some point just teach a basic linking method as well. Uh, if you're there's there's peg systems. There's so many different little memory techniques, and I've got a whole stack of books on my shelf that are just memory related information. Uh, but that um. That's all stuff that I like and I like teaching and I think is useful in everyday life. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll be something we'll definitely revisit here on the podcast. Interesting you said it's useful. As you were saying that, I was thinking I've never really had a use for my list of 20 things. Really? Other than saying, you know, having a playful contest with a friend of name 20 things, make a list and see how many you can recall. On average, people will be able to recall seven of them, but not in order. So, and of course, if you do your the technique you're referring to, or mine is similar to that at least with mnemonics, you can recall them in or out of order. It doesn't matter. They're every every word is associated with a number through another image. So it sounds like you're doing more of a peg system, and that has only like specific applications. Uh, and you know, I think you could use it for like presidents if you wanted to learn the presidents, and like you would associate a president to each number of where they where they are and so forth. So like. You just have to find the right system that fits the information you're trying to learn and how it's useful in everyday life. So, so is that an argument for learning 20 presidents in order being like a useful thing in everyday life? Is that what that argument was? <laughs> for some people. Yeah. You know, it is. Why? Who? I would I would like to know. Just to, just to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I All mean, right. if you wanted, uh, you know, you I mean, again, a grocery list is probably more acceptable for like a linking system because, you oh, don't, that's good. You, you don't necessarily need to know the order of the things, but you just know like eggs leads to bread leads to, you know, whatever you need to pick up. I'll, I'll, eggs is 12 on the list. I was going to say I should probably choose more vegan options for your grocery <laughs> list. <laughs> Kale leads to uh, tofu. Leads there you to, go. <laughs> So potatoes, uh, but so you don't specifically need to know the order, like unless you're running, you know, say errands in a specific order that you're mm-hmm. like, I need to do this, and that's at this part of town. You can jump around that way. So maybe a peg system fits better there. But uh, I think the best, like why I'm more focused on this Dominic system, the person, uh, action objects, um, and like memory palace, because I think those are the most versatile. Um, ways of learning and the linking method which is obviously kind of at the base of all of this but i love talking about memory i like teaching it um i actually did a scam school version uh from our friend brian brushwood's scam school series on youtube where i taught the peg method and i think i taught up to 20 maybe maybe less than that maybe up to 15 objects and uh so if you're interested in learning we'll throw a link in the description can i give you 10 words oh you want me to try me now man why not 
Oh no, I'm gonna totally fail. <laughs> Even just ten? Uh, man, I already told you I got a headache. I wasn't prepared for this today, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> Number one. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta get in the right frame because again, I haven't studied my peg system in a little bit. So yeah. Why okay. does it have to be a peg system? You can. Oh oh oh, we, oh okay sure. If you just want to do yeah, let's link them. Let's link them. You can do any system you okay, want. Yeah yeah. I thought you don't were don't do you, it. you don't even have to tell me what system you're doing. I thought you were gonna give me them out of order, but. No, no, no. I'm okay. going to give you 10 words in order, and then I want you to dish them back in order. All right, great. Let's Does put that make sense? Money, money where my mouth is. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, number one uh -huh. is tree. Okay. Tell me when you want it. Ready for yeah. the next one. I know yeah, it takes a second to kind yep. of commit it. Two yep. is light switch. Sure. Go ahead. Three is stool. Are these just things you're looking around your... <laughs> your, your I'm giving you my right actual there. list. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Okay, great. Four is car. Uh, yes. Five is five is glove. Okay. Six is gun. I'm very confused at your list because some of these go with my list as well that are in totally different places. But uh, oh, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, seven is dice. Uh-huh. That that one makes the most sense to me. Uh but uh yeah, go ahead. Next one is skate. Uh sure. Next one is cat. Yep. Mhm. Mm Bowling pin. Bowling pin. Sure. All right. You're done there? I'm done. I got it. I can probably right. even do them out of order. Uh maybe yeah. Yeah, I could do it out of order too, I think. Uh I'm forgetting 3 right now, but give me a second. Uh, no, I got it. We're good. Give me any number. Seven. Seven is dice. Two. Two is light switch. One. Tree. Four. Uh, that's the car. Six. Six is uh, I just oh the the pistol or the gun. Yep. Five. Glove. Nine. Cat. Meow. Ten. Ten is bowling pin. Eight. Eight is skate. You got it. <laughs> I saw. I found your system because it's similar to the peg, but I had to like readjust because for me one is gun and so forth. But uh, now it's not my own personal system. I I learned it from a mem memory technique thing. Uh, yeah. Maybe fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but at, it's fir cool. at first, before I realized you were associating with numbers as well, I was just linking them. So my picture was a a tree that had a light switch on the the trunk, and then the light switch ended up. Um, turning on a stool that came up from the ground uh, just to kind of show you the visuals that you're making. Fast but doesn't that mind. limit that limits how big the list can be if you do it that way, doesn't it? No, because ideally with the linking system, it could be as long as you'd lo like because the item prior to it is just referencing the next item. Oh, like a domino effect. So it's a domino effect. I yeah. See. So then I had the, you know, stool driving the car and the car then driving into a giant glove. And there's strategies to make the picture as absurd. And even if you include like other senses, although mostly it's visual, but like if you could hear it and smell it too, or anything that just recalls that memory to help it be as absurd, you can make things big, you can make things like obscene and R rated, which is why this is a in your mind kind of exercise and not something something you usually vocalize because sometimes uh you know images should be uh not talked about but that's how they become very memorable in your own mind this is funny because we didn't plan on any of this but i suggest now you you do me meaning give <laughs> meaning give me a list yeah 
And but people can play along too. Sure. Yeah. If you want to try this and just uh, use that system, or you're just going to try and link things. Uh, well, I do. Yeah. I, I have a system. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. So so basically, the words you give me, I associate with the, some of the words I already gave you. <laughs> yeah. Is how my, right. my system works because each of those words is associated with a number. Yeah. Let's try it. You but people try? can use any method they want to, any to method try. Any method you want, and uh, you know, we can definitely get more into this too. This kind of mm -hmm. stuff because I could talk about this for a long time and different strategies, and uh, uh, it's just a, a passion of mine. So uh, feel free if you're enjoying this kind of memory stuff. Uh, shoot us an email, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Feed but, me. All right. I, I got to remember the things that I give you. <laughs> you, you, can, you can jot it down if you have a, yeah, a pen yeah, yeah. or a phone near you. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, the first item, a Rubik's Cube. Got it. Uh, okay. Then uh, a camera. Okay, I think I've got that one. A monkey. Okay. A um uh, uh a deck of playing cards. Got it. Um a uh iPhone. Okay, I think I've got that. Um a piece of chocolate. Nailed it. A coffee. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds like you made a funny image. Uh, how <laughs> about a, uh, uh, a screwdriver? Which is nine, right? A eight. Oh. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Um... Do me a favor real quick so we don't have to lose time here. Yeah. Make screwdriver nine. Make um, <laughs> eight is uh, coffee. Okay. Seven is um, chocolate. Did you say chocolate, yeah. right? So did you skip six? No, six was iPhone. So I skipped five. So let's decide what five is. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry. Five. Anyone playing along? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Five is a, um, uh, let's do a picture frame. All right. So now back up to nine, which was screwdriver. Yeah. And then 10. Okay. 10 is a uh, pencil. All right. Yeah, I got it. All right. Do you want to try it in order? Do you want to try it? You want me to however, name? However you choose. Okay. What's number two? Two would be camera. Yep. Uh, how about four? Four was deck of cards. Mm -hmm. uh, seven. Seven was chocolate. Uh, six. iPhone. Correct. Uh, one. Rubik's Cube. Uh, three. Monkey. Ten. Pencil. Eight. Coffee. <laughs> Nine. Uh, I think that one was screwdriver. Five picture frame in the uh, six did we do six yeah six was iphone we <laughs> yeah. got them all all right cool nice. yeah so so yeah it's, so basically there's a list of 20 objects i've already memorized and then you know 10 of them so like tree was number one for me when i did it with you so then i picture a tree growing rubik's cubes like instead of apples that's what i pictured 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I laughed at the coffee one because I didn't really know what to, how to associate it with skate, but the wheels on the skates were like little Starbucks cups. There you go. And that looked <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> nice, nice. So again, I, I love this stuff. Uh, there's tons of books I can recommend from uh, Nelson Dellis is a memory champion who has a book uh, called Remember It, which is fantastic. The Harry Lorraine books on memory are fantastic as well. Uh, teaching different systems and different strategies. And uh, hopefully that's something you can learn and use. And, uh, you know, that's something I'm trying to like get in my daily rhythm every day to just like refresh my memory stuff and try like a, a few memory tests to myself and keep my brain sharp while we're in pandemic mode. As long as we've known each other, we've never actually gone over the list like that. We've talked about that. We both have done it, but we've never yeah. gone into it at all. That was the, yeah. as far as we've ever dove into it. I like it. Yeah. And uh, another time I'll share a big memory fail when I was trying to do this as a stage piece, <laughs> but we'll tease that later. Oh boy. Uh, but for now let's get into our goals. Uh, you, Last last episode, you were focused on Valentine's Day, which has come and gone, and organizing <laughs> your office, which is just gonna be permanently on the list. I feel. I, I I'm not. I really was like hoping you were gonna forget about the goals. I thought you were signing <laughs> off just then. I really nope. did. Nope. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Uh, what am I gonna do? The <laughs> office thing came and left. I mean, that's. I, I really do still want to. Uh, organize it no i have a i have to do a a, i'm doing an interview for a charitable organization right after we jump off here so my uh my goal is to do a good job and be fully present during that appearance virtual immediate goal (laughs) it's it's an immediate goal (laughs) sometimes those are the best goals we'll check back in with that next week (laughs) i prefer to call it a short-term goal yeah there you go (laughs) You can call it immediate. What do you got? Well, yours were yours were to keep reading and work on your website and video and uh, talking about branding, I guess, too, for, you know, refining that for corporate markets and so on. Yep. I'm still taking steps towards that. I have the uh, photo shoot uh, coming up and, uh, you know, figuring out the wardrobe for that. I even signed up for Pinterest to have a private, like, pin board of, like, ideas of different uh, – not only photo shoot ideas, but like wardrobe ideas and everything like that. So, uh, studio or on location? Studio in a studio, private, okay. closed off, tested, yeah. self quarantined. Yeah. No, I didn't know if you wanted to do like on location. That's why. Well, I don't know. Can you even get into venues at this point? <laughs> well, point. on location yeah. could be anywhere. You could, yeah, you know, know, stand outside by a lake, you could lean against a car. Yeah, could, I think for this more like corporate branding that I'm going for, being by a lake probably wouldn't fit the vibe. But, yeah, uh, less Pinterest, more corporate. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you said Pinterest. I immediately well, started thinking artsy stuff. No, no, I think you're thinking Etsy. Pinterest could be anything. It's just a board, uh, pin board. I've but never I, been on Pinterest. I can tell. Like, like I've never actually <laughs> typed it in and gone on it, but I know kind of what it is because yeah. Tiana has gone on there. Yeah, but yeah. you just basically take uh, it's like a scrapbooking kind of thing where you're you're putting ideas together on like a a digital vision board, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna keep uh, I'm I'm working on that. I got a lot of projects that I just uh, wanna I wanna do better. Th- that's my goal. I wanna be better at managing my time so that I can get the uh, projects I need to get done done. 
Are you going to give the director or photographer any notes on lighting at all? Or you just kind of let them do their thing? Notes meaning like you want it to just look like a generic headshot? Do you want it to feel like it was taken at night during daylight? Like any, anything on that? Or is it just kind of a meant to look like a studio photo? Um, we, we have a couple of goals and strategies that I'm, I'm looking for for my site. Some want to have a feel of like a headshot kind of thing uh, just because I need to update my headshots too. But that's going to be the, the smaller portion of the shoot and more like just fun promo photos that kind of fit that corporate marketing world. Um, so I have examples of, you know, different kind of poses and lighting, but I trust her completely and what she's doing, uh, cause, uh, I've used her in the past and I've liked her photos. Awesome. So. When's it, when's it coming up? Is it, uh, before I talk to you next? Or yeah. After? Before I talk to you next. So, wow. yeah, we'll Can't see how it goes. Hear about it. Exactly. We'll hear about it on the big 34. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, uh, but thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, please, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to uh, get in touch uh, via our email to send us some uh, mailbag stuff, email us at uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or, uh, you know, at reply us, tweet at us, Instagram us, uh, all that stuff at mindmagicpod. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll see you on the Clubhouse app, too, if you're on that. And just look for Matt Franco or Eric Dittleman and see what rooms we're in and see if you want to join as I'm trying to network with event professionals and, <laughs> yes, and ask and a question. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely on the on those uh, those handles as well as the personal ones. We got E. Dittleman. We got at Matt Franco Magic. And we will definitely be coming at you next week. Week? Weef. We'll be coming at you next week with a, another Wonderful episode of Mind Over Magic with Eric and Matt. Thanks for thanks for tuning in to us. Thank you. Goodbye.